For this Footwear Fable, I'll be talking to the renowned design agency Materials Library, Material Driven. Material Driven is based in London, UK and Dallas, Texas, led by partners Perva Shawa and Adele Akajada. Their expertise lies in locating and sourcing innovative materials, as well as understanding their applications and impact across industries. 300 plus materials, their grown collection serves as a basis for strategic partners and connections that enable between developers of new materials at all scales and those seeking to learn about them and apply them. So where context is everything, understanding and leveraging the right context is where products will live and breathe. And understanding the use of future materials is everything. I hope you enjoy. Okay, yeah. So welcome Adele and welcome Perva. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Really impressed by your Architect at Work exhibition. It was really, really amazing and really inspiring and really engaging. And I just wanted, you know, as well as sort of from the sort of sustainable route, it was quite interesting um, to look at it from a sensory perspective and how the different artists and designers had sort of um, designed different fabrics and materials around sort of enhancing our, our, our experiences around uh, materials. So I think that's, that was really had, a, had an impact on me. So I just firstly, before I sort of talk too much, just really wanted to uh, learn a little bit more about Material Driven. Um, I do understand that you are a strategic platform that works between sort of creative community and manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about your backstory and the spirit of, of the brand? Sure, sure. Okay, I'll, they'll all start and then we'll segue yeah. into each other. Uh, so uh, I, I kind of, I would say Material Driven started in the US very much as an online presence, uh, you know, trying to, trying to surf as an, uh, as an open source platform, talking about people who are either making interesting materials or using them in interesting ways. Um, and that kind of uh, coincided with my move to the UK. Uh, I met with Adele and I think that's kind of where a big shift happened, where it stopped being something online and it really started to serve as what you just described where we're an interface between the developers of these interesting materials, whether they're manufacturers or uh, individual makers or startups, and then the entities who want to use about them. So currently, I think we're that, that sort of bridge between brands and developers and hotel chains on the one side, and then the, the wonderful innovators in the materials world on the other. And I think that's where we're positioned. And um, yeah, I think we, we work in a number of different ways. And I'll let Adele talk about that. Yeah, well, just a, a brief background about myself. I'm a fashion accessories designer. Um, so I guess uh, with Purva's background as an architect, we kind of very, um, we cover almost all design areas. Um, and I worked in fashion design for over 10 years in fast fashion, fair trade, um, worked with small crafters as well, always with a very clear interest in the material sourcing and finding the right um, way to transform that into, into a unique piece. Um, and in about six years ago, I moved to the UK with an interest in really honing in on materials and the role they play. And I worked for a couple of different material libraries in the UK. And I was freelancing as a material specialist when I met Perva, um, funnily enough, in a small exhibition I'd curated. So that was where the magic happened. Okay. And yeah, then it's, it, it's all history. Um, yeah. And yeah, as Perva was saying, um, we're kind of at the intersection between the young makers and industry and I think we want to play a really strong role in in getting them out there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then, sorry, sorry, Pova. 
No, I was just saying, I think, yeah, just kind of to cap off what Adele said, uh, there's probably like three dimensions of our work, which I think you experience one of them. We work kind of in an educational capacity a yeah. lot, whether that means working with research institutions or universities, uh, and then the curatorial side, which is the exhibitions um, and shows, and then the consulting side. And all three of them are really important to us. And obviously the education bit keeps us excited and looking into the future. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's just a really, uh, I think those are the kind of three arms and we enjoy yeah. Being all in all of them. Yeah. Well, wow, that's great. I mean, so it's quite broad in terms of sort of creative um, disciplines you work across. So that's that's mm -hmm. quite interesting in itself. I, I was just sort of saying, it's a perfect segue really for the first question. Um, I've recently seen an increase in sort of activity across creative industries on sustainability, uh, transparency, ethical sourcing, uh, conservation of um, resources. So really, I, I've been thinking about my practice and how I could make more of a change. Um, if I was to ask you what your design imperative would be at the moment, um, what, what, what would your answer be? I mean, I think you maybe covered a little bit in the, in the <laughs> beginning part of the question, but what would your design mm -hmm. imperative be? Um, well, I think, you know, we, we, there's, there's so many, but I think... Um, if we're really true to what it's important for us, uh, for us, it's that idea of scalability, of really supporting new innovators, material, new materials to get to the market and make them available so that designers and creators like yourself can actually put this into practice because it's really great to learn about these stories. But if you can, can't actually use them, we'll never really understand the full potential uh, of what these materials can do. And, uh, and we can't either uh, understand how consumers are going to engage with them. So it's really important that um, we can support these young makers and startups and get them to the market and make this material scalable so that we yep. can actually transform the industry. Exactly, exactly. And I think to kind of add to that, from when we consult for larger brands, our focus is to really push them towards not just the bigger, well-known entities, but towards these new innovations. Because the more I think that happens, the more collectively the industry grows, more new materials are available. It kind of ties into that idea of scalability. But I think the the, the push is from both ends, whether it's the mm -hmm. small guys helping uplift them or the bigger entities, instead of going with the well-known brands or only the brands that they, I think that are, that are out there, hugely mm -hmm. publicized, um, our goal is to direct them to these new innovations, which deserve our investment in them. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's really, I mean, I, I'm asked quite a lot about um, if we were to sort of shift our thinking from using set the materials that are available now to more sort of a sustainable practice like how do you know how do young designers go about doing that and my answer is always to go go to sort of source in terms of thinking you know to trace back to how sort of some, some how sustainable something is but it's quite interesting you were saying about the scalable thing i haven't always got an answer for that and i guess it's um it's that sort of thing of tried and tested and, and uh, as you say, bigger companies adopting certain practices and then this becoming more mm -hmm. sort of common, common um, ground. Would you yeah. agree on that? Or, you know, was there anything additionally you could add to? Uh, I think actually we were talking about this earlier, this idea of transparency feeding yeah. into it, um, that, you know, maybe this is this ability for bigger companies to even invest in little guys or for all of these things to work it hinges on the fact that both the, the consumer is deeply aware of what it is that they're buying into and they're able mm -hmm. to make better choices. And then conversely, the manufacturers or the makers feel compelled to 
disclose all of it. And I think transparency mm-hmm. does feed into all of what we discussed being successful. So I think, yeah, just deep, deep transparency on everybody's part, consumer and. Yeah. Um, and I think it also goes, feeds into responsibility across everyone's, um, all sectors from the consumer to the maker, to the, the supplier. I mean, um, if we know, if we ask the right questions, then these people will want to be, will have to be transparent. Yeah. And that will lead to them using better materials and that will lead to scalability. So it's just kind of this, this circle that we just need to kind of start um, get going and ask these questions and it will eventually lead to a change. Yep. Yep. So I was going to um, ask for leading on to the sort of the next question, um, you know, most modern sneaker brands are manufactured using sort of synthetic rubbers, glues, etc. cetera. Um, you know, what, what are the most scalable, innovative um, concepts you've come across, either personal from personal experience or things that you've worked on? Right. Uh, well, actually, one material like that's been in the news a lot, kind of, I would say, in 2019 and the start of 2020, um, we know the folks well at Algix. Um, they create a wonderful soul made out of um, dried algal mask. Um, and I think uh, it's called Bloom. And Bloom is such a wonderful material where it's kind of being rolled out in this large scale way across like, you know, I think, um, you know, there's Adidas sneakers, there's Reebok sneakers. It's all it's all being deployed. But um, kind of at the heart of it all, it is a very, very new uh, innovation. And there is a very, um, I think, very tangible, you know, footprint in there where almost 40 to 60 percent of that soul's mass is made out of algal bloom that's been pulled from a water body. So there's yeah. a purification element. And I think that's a great example of something that's very real, that's made a significant change, mm-hmm. but it's it scaled up enough to, to roll out into the market for the footwear industry. So I think it's quite, it, that's a wonderful example that comes to mind initially. And it has sold really well. So, you know, it's yeah. also proof yeah. that consumers yeah. Yeah. are going to buy this and it works. Exactly. So it's and a really great example. All the properties of Eva Foam, which is what yeah. it's trying to substitute. And it's a blend, obviously, between synthetic and natural. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the way forward. Yeah. yeah. And the other example that we had, we had thought about is Nat2, which is an amazing yeah. brand that pulls out these capsule collections, which is great because they're really supporting these innovative ideas that are really out there. You know, you've got Shahar Levin's Blood Leather um, yeah. put to test and, and in the market. Or, you know, they've got infinite amounts of capsule collections that are, it's a great example, the way they support uh, sustainability. Um, And then the other example we were thinking about, maybe less scalable at the moment, but we've worked with them as well. They were in one of our exhibitions and we really love the idea. It's called the future of walking. And it's, it's still speculative idea. They're working on prototypes. Yeah. But um, we think it's a great idea of, of, of changing the way we use fashion as well. So these shoes, um, the, the idea is that they're going to be cleaning the air as you walk. They have a system where, where they filter pollution out of the air. So yeah. it's this kind of idea. We love that, that they say it's like each wearer is a micro contributor yeah. To, yeah. to supporting, you know, the damaging effects of climate change. Yep. Yep. And I think then each time you're buying into that concept, you're not just buying something for yourself. You are buying something very tangibly for, you know, the area, the neighborhood around you, yeah. the whole environment, because exactly. by doing that, you're, you're literally improving the air quality, your in own air, active, active way. So I think yeah. that I, I hope really that, that that gets to evolve as a project to reach, you know, I think, um, you know, sort of large scale production and at some point, but it's such a great idea and concept. 
Yeah. yeah. It's great. I, I, I actually witnessed firsthand in that two stuff and was blown away oh. by it. I think they did a sort of, um, I know they use sort of recycled PET soles and yes. I, mm-hmm. I saw yes, the algae uh, version of... Uh, yeah. Daniel LKM. Yeah, yeah. Which, was, which was amazing. And I think I looked in their feed the other day and they had one, um, a shoe capsule collection out of, out of um, I think it was some sort of uh, moss or something. That grows I think, mm-hmm. oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got some out of wood. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's really amazing. I mean, I think you, they're doing a good job of making people comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. I think that's yeah. a big moment, right? When you kind of make people, oh, this is this is made out of blood, but it looks yeah. incredibly beautiful. You push past their comfort zone and then suddenly those materials which are sustainable, but maybe yeah. you know, unconventional are able to enter people's lives in a meaningful way. So I think that... And, really and I think that feeds into that original idea we were saying how getting bigger brands on board validates these ideas. So it makes the wider consumer audience say okay well if they think it's cool yeah. i'll give it a go yep. yeah yep. Yep. Do, do you think sort of a so, slow skills sort of incorporated this sort of ideology of sort of slow skills and um, yeah. traditional crafts sort of play into that as well into that sort I of narrative so. it feels like there's a greater appreciation for that right now we mm-hmm. see so yeah. many artists and designers kind of saying oh i want to do something that was done uh, I don't know, uh, 50 years ago, or even mm-hmm. going back to what Adele and I, you and you and I were talking about milk. Yeah. This idea of trying to create the properties of milk with plastic is something that's existed like you know half a properties century. Properties of plastic ago. with milk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, the properties <laughs> of plastic with milk, not milk with plastic. That would be very bad for us uh, if we started to have plastic milk. But yeah. Yeah, I think this. I, I think we're, we're we're finding more and more that people want to go back to slightly yeah. slower making and therefore slower consuming. It does tie into that, I think. Yeah, and I also think tying into that idea as well is that even now the names of the materials, so like blood leather, already yeah. makes yeah. somebody wonder how did it come from blood. So there is yeah. that already implicit idea that there is some kind of process in making that that you don't understand. And people yeah. love that. And I, I guess you saw that in our exhibition. Yeah. You know, it's the storytelling. It's it, getting people to understand how this was made, where it comes from. And that's what makes people really appreciate materials mo- much more now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was going to say with that, I, I, meant, I sort of noticed a lot of uh, the, the, the work that was exhibited had, was sort of underpinned by purpose, purpose-led design. Um, by using natural materials, do you, do you see that's the future of sort of where design is going and or should be going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think well, one of the things we've been you know we've been noticing is really this idea that yeah this this going backwards in time to natural materials. The reality is these are materials that have been around for centuries and they're in harmony with the environment. They've always been mm-hmm. in harmony with the environment and nature. So it feels natural, it feels natural to go back to those solutions to yeah. kind of incorporate in, you know, them once again. So I do think, yes, it feels like a great direction. Um, you know, with the with the kind of knowledge that we have, we can kind of push them even further. It feels like a great direction for and we're yeah. seeing- and I think it's it's also building up on like ancestral knowledge yeah. um, that we just kind of pushed to the side once synthetics came on board. We, we kind of thought, oh, this is the better solution. Let's get rid of all of this. But, yeah. you know, uh, fish skins have been used for centuries um, because there wasn't that many things around us. We could only use what was there. So fish skins yeah. were super valuable a resource and, and there were 
um, used for centuries. Bark cloth uh, has been used also. Yep. So it's kind of like taking advantage of something we already knew, but yep. giving it another kind of twist that's adapted to our current environment. Yep. yep. So definitely. Yeah. Cool. And then the other ideas, I think we're coming to natural is yeah. what we've been talking a lot about is natural. Uh, you know, I think natural can mean so many things right now. We're looking a lot at biofabricated materials where mm-hmm. you know, you're still working with the same ingredients. You're still working with the yeast, the, you know, the, this bacterial cellulose, you're still working with the ingredients that go into making, you know, materials that we take for granted, but you're, you're, I think with technology, you're pushing them to new limits. And yeah. therefore I think the results can be, so much better they are synthetic but they're not you know they're synthetic in their manufacture but they're they're healthier they're better they're better for the environment so i think natural can mean a lot yeah. more where we kind of really exceed what our expectations are for natural yeah beauty. yeah i mean now we're looking at green chemistry yeah. and and what we're calling natural synthetics where yeah it is human it's we, humans have interacted with it yeah. but respecting the nature So we're no longer transforming it into something that's absolutely different that can't go back into nature. We're just kind of harnessing it and pushing it to new levels, um, but without harming the the planet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's so, it's mind blowing. Just like listening (laughs) to you guys. Um, I mean, we don't do any of this. It's mind blowing what other people do. (laughs) We're mind blown by We exactly the materials we see. So I think when you said mind blown, I was like, yeah, we're mind yeah, blown we're mind blown as well. Yeah, <laughs> take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank uh, you. No, I mean, um, you know, as well, sort of leading onto some of the the, the topics we're talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, extending the the lifespan and of clothing and footwear and accessories is is really important and topical at the moment um due to sort of environmental impact um what's your views on how we could sort of fix fix the fashion industry's wastefulness um surely i'm not this could be a never-ending um conversation right but surely we should be sort of heading to more sort of circular system with things we've seen quite a lot of footwear brands um starting to do that with sort of um, mm-hmm. Adidas's version of future craft and yes. uh, the yes. shit they did with the ocean waste and, and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. yeah, what's what's your view on that in terms of sort of a circular system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. I think we, we, we'd kind of come up with, again, two sides to this. Um, yeah. yeah. I think on the one hand, I'll go into one, um, we're looking yep. at that idea where... Um, maybe we, we don't have to completely change the idea of wastefulness, but we need to change the materials that are used for our waste. Because yep. what we don't want is um, to leave it on our planet. We don't want it to go into our water. We don't want it to go into landfill. But if yep. we can produce materials that we can then you know, just break down and return to nature, then yep. it doesn't really matter if we kind of waste it because it won't be waste anymore. It'll actually be a nutrient that goes back into our planet. We'll be regenerating it, in fact. So, you know, we've got companies like Crafting Plastics creating uh, a plastic, but this plastic will, will decompose and will, will, you know, will disappear. So we can afford to maybe have a new pair of sunglasses every six months um, if, as long as we're not letting that pile up. Yep, exactly, exactly. And I think to add to that one example, there's a you know, company called Wallaback. Now, obviously, they have some very resilient materials, yeah. but they also have a T-shirt 
that biodegrades uh, in 12 weeks. It literally becomes warm food in 12 weeks. Now that's a great example of we're saying, hey, let's accept that there are some short life cycles. Mm-hmm. Let's build for those and the materials can aid a better outcome in that scenario. And I think yeah. that was one direction that we felt kind of accepting the thing, but working with materials to fit in. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Um, and then maybe the other direction that we talked about was adjusting what people uh, expect from different products as well. Like what is the life cycle that they expect? Maybe maybe we have to readjust that. Maybe some things we have to allow people to feel, hey, this is something you have to hang on to for a long time, but it's okay if this is this other thing you can trash in a few weeks time. Yeah. I think readjusting those, readjusting what life cycle means itself could be really productive because I think yeah. that allow us to put interesting materials out there. Uh, for example, packaging. We all know that we don't want packaging to last long. So if we adjust people's expectations about packaging, that you know this is something that may disintegrate the minute you put it near hot, you know, water or moisture. Mm-hmm suddenly you end up with much better packaging materials, which are, you know, so many wonderful solutions that we know will be, will be out in the market if Mm -hmm. people are accepting certain conditions. So I think, yeah, reframing that. Yeah. Then just, you know, again, placing value on waste. So whatever's left over from one industry can be useful for another. Um, And I think it's creating those networks, that community where we can share all of that, put value to it. And, and I think it's just changing the mindset of what um, throwing away means and what waste means. Um, because, uh, we, you know, we see it with the fish skin, for example. It doesn't need to be thrown away. It can be used again. So I think it's just changing perceptions of, of, of value. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's, and, that's really and yeah, just the... the so, Sorry, so, we just had a little one as well. Just that idea. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's kind of been around for a while, but I think reinforcing that idea of repairing um, and yeah. kind of caring for your, your, um, yeah. your products and, and kind of appreciating so, the imperfections. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's such a push right now. We were just noticing, um, you know, kind of right now, online workshops are all geared towards repairing your things. Yeah. And such a great shift. Maybe, maybe COVID-19 is doing that right now. That we're all looking at our things with a little bit more respect. Uh, this idea that, hey, we want to hang on to them and keep them safe for longer. And I think it's, it's definitely accelerating an interest in repair. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's a lot of research on self-healing materials as well. Yeah, which also could be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's really interesting. So a lot of it is almost a sort of a change in mind, in mind sh- in like yeah. mindset, yeah. really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's so. It's a yeah. sort of practicality um, aspect yep. of it. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask, like, quite sort of topical um as we were talking about this before we went we went live but um you know touch is a universal sort of um connector for all of us do you see um this experience with sort of social distancing etc um that, that's happening at, at the moment do you do you feel that could have an impact in how we sort of look at the, the use of materials and and produce um products of the future in terms yeah. of tactility and people thinking about sort of more engaging ways to, you know, from sort of interiors uh, to fashion, mm-hmm. to architecture, yeah. I guess. Is, is that a, yeah. something? Yeah, I think, yeah, again, we kind of had differing perspectives, protection and healing maybe. Um, but like, I think one of the things that come to mind is that we're relying so much on our interior spaces and our everyday products right now there will be, it feels like there will be a greater emphasis on enhancing those and giving them a quality that's, you know, kind of more engaging for us, healing even, you know, kind of. Yeah, exactly. As things get 
you know, we hope this never happens again, but you know, it may, this is a new reality. There are going to be different challenges. Um, and in, I think our dependence on our everyday products is huge uh, to, to comfort us, to aid our lives. That idea of embedding even simple everyday things in, um, you know, in our homes or offices with a lot of tactility, sensory, you know, sensory cues, that's going to become more and more important. And maybe we'll see that, that, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of embedding of interesting cues in everyday objects. Um, you may have seen it actually at the exhibition. Uh, there was a wonderful example uh, by a designer called Paula Lawrence. She created this beautiful kit of uh, objects for uh, children with autism. But uh, I think what, what's a good takeaway from that project was um, how wonderful each material behaved in those objects, the cues, the kind of stimuli it provided. And just that, I think that it goes back to that idea that maybe everyday simple objects around us are going to start to give us something back in a, in a more in a greater mm. way. But then on the flip side, I'm going to talk about the negatives. <laughs> I think one of the other things that we're going to, I think this is very true for especially personal space, yeah. but common public spaces is going to be maybe a different story. We're going to have to go almost to the other extreme. We're, we're going to be very careful about what we have to touch um, and how we touch things to open doors. Um, or when we go into a shop, you know, when you're going to go into the changing room or you're going to step on the carpet yeah. So these interactions where other people are going to be as well, you know, we want to be protected and we need our surfaces to give us that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we're going to be looking at the opposite. It's materials that look really clean and it's easy to see if there's anything on there. Yeah. Obviously bacteria virus, unfortunately we can't see, but you know, there, there's been research and, and experimental projects looking into maybe color changing surfaces. So you can see when, when it's dirty or when there's like a, a bacteria there. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of development on that side on getting surfaces that take care of us, whether it's because it protects us or it, it calls out a warning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I think there's still going to have to be a lot of um, investigation that way, but I, definitely yeah. the, the debates out there. Yep. A lot of signaling definitely to kind yes. of indicate like things that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a reality we all face, right? I've, I just, um, I've had to, it's hard to get your head around in terms of like handshaking and and the yeah. whole thing. Is that, yeah. oh my is that, God. Is that something that's going to be um, not a thing of the past, but, you know, people won't do it so much. Or um, You'll be very yeah. careful. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting, actually. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, it's such a simple gesture. And that's how you kind of engage with people. How are we going mm -hmm. to change that, especially professionally? If you're starting an important conversation, you almost always are shaking. Yeah. What is that? Um, how do you kind of create that that kind yeah. of information without a nice calm <laughs> handshake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I'll just sort of, um, I'm just going to throw this sort of last question in there really. And it's uh -huh. more from an inspirational perspective to any creatives um, or young creatives sort of starting out. Um, how, how would you, what advice would you give for, um, creatives starting out um in terms of becoming more uh sustainably aware and having more sort of social impact you know is there any starting points in terms of things they should look at obviously your platform is a is a very good yeah, way exactly. of, sort of um, some initial learning and, mm -hmm. and getting some depth to that and um, have you got any any other ideas around around how they would do that I think I think one it feels like a lot of great um a lot of 
you know, I think interesting startups or kind of successful sort of small, uh, you know, you know, businesses that we've seen, they almost seem to start with a source of waste or an industry that they they have an interest in, but they're witnessing something, uh, either, you know, some kind of challenges there or accumulation of waste. And I think that's a great starting point. If you don't know where to begin, I think mm-hmm. it's great to locate where that source of, where the challenge lies or where, where waste is accumulating, because I don't think you can go wrong there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's such, especially in today's world, when you're inventing new materials, that's a great starting point. I don't know, I'm thinking about like the guys from Chipsboard to mm-hmm. people who, you know, from, from kind of that scale to orange fiber who work with the juice industry. So finding some kind of synergy with a larger cause um, and a larger, I would say, industry or source of waste is, I think, a great starting point. You can't really go wrong mm-hmm. from there. It's, you know, kind of only go up from there. Yeah. yeah, I think I just to add to that, I um, also look look at my life, like be inspired by what surrounds you and look at the problems yeah. that you encounter as, yeah. as a consumer. Yeah. And that can kind of inspire you to, to see what problems you need to solve because um, yeah. you, you'll be able to understand what it is that's missing yeah. and, and push yeah. those boundaries. So I think that's it's really important to. I think it, this ties into what Purva was saying um, from different angles, but it's tr- you need to solve a problem. They, yeah. Don't don't try and just create something to make it uh, interesting or to get a lot of followers. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. will it, you will it will have a natural strength if you're yep. actually addressing something that matters to people. Exactly, exactly, and even more so now. I think where you know we yeah. have all, we're going to have a whole range of new issues to deal with. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Pick up on one of them, and and yeah. work, you know, and work to solve it. The whole world will kind of you know be so great. Exactly. So I think yeah, it's it's a good moment to identify those as Adele said, yeah. personal life or larger lens. Yeah. I mean, it's a very exciting time to be a designer, right? There is. There it are, is. Um, yeah. Sort of problem. Very large oh. canvas. it is yes well i'd just like to thank you guys for the time that you've taken to to answer my questions and um yeah it's been absolutely mind-blowing talking to you and and the knowledge and 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 the insight that you've shown is it's it's great so thank you very much thank you no thank you for inviting us it's been a pleasure